Good morning, everyone. Welcome on this uh, first Sunday after Easter. We're glad that you're here, and we uh, have joined together once again to, uh, to celebrate Easter, which we do each Sunday because it's Resurrection Day. And so we're glad that you're here to celebrate uh, Christ's resurrection with us again today. We welcome our guests, especially you're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here with us this morning and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. And we'd like to remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out. Uh, check the appropriate box on there and uh, give us your name and address and phone number. And especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter um, that comes out each week, uh, please put your email address on there. It's a great way to keep up with the activities we have going on here at Community Baptist Church. Speaking of those activities, we've got a passel of them. <laughs> uh, I know that this week has been spring break and it's been kind of uh, kind of a downtime, kind of a lag time. Well, that was we were just gearing up, folks. We've got a lot of things going on. Uh, you may have noticed that over at this table we've been signing people up, and you're thinking, well, what are we signing people up for? Uh, we are going to be doing a new church directory. Uh, and so we are signing people up to have your photographs taken. We will be taking photographs on May the 1st and 2nd, and, uh, we're, and, and so we'd like to ask if you would to stop by and to uh, make an appointment uh, for your photograph for you and your family to be taken sometime on May the 1st or 2nd. And I know that the appointments are going pretty quick, um, so please go ahead and make your appointment now for May the 1st or 2nd. Also, this week, uh, we will be having our joy lunch. Uh, we'll be renewing that. Hadn't had that in a little while, but we're going to be get, having that up and running again. And uh, Rita Moit will be here to, uh, to sing and entertain us. And uh, this is not just for senior citizens, folks. It's for anybody. So if you can take an hour off for lunch, then come and, and, and join us. If you can come, come and spend some time. Uh, it's a great time of fellowship, and so come and join us uh, as we uh, share this time on Tuesday at noon. Also on Wednesday, uh, we'll be, we didn't have any Wednesday activities this past Wednesday, but we will be having our Wednesday activities. We'll be having dinner and uh, our study times uh, on Wednesday evening. And this Wednesday will be a special time uh, because many of you know Chuck and Donna Stennett, um, they work for the Gleaner, and they recently, just a couple of months ago, went on a trip to the Holy Land. And I'm friends with them on Facebook, and I enjoyed the pictures that they put on Facebook. And so they're going to come on Wednesday evening and share with us some of their pictures and talk to us about their experience in the Holy Land. And so that will be this Wednesday. Uh, we'll be having dinner at 545, and then that will take place at 630. You also... Uh, Notice in your worship folder that uh, the Kentucky Baptist Fellowship meeting is coming up on April the 26th and 27th. That's Friday and Saturday. And all of you are invited to go. And we're lucky this year because it's not far from here. Uh, a, you know, a lot of times it can be on the other end of the state. It can be five hours away or three hours away. This year it's going to be half an hour away. It's going to be in Owensboro at Third Baptist Church. And this is a great opportunity for, for as many of you as possible uh, to go to the Kentucky Baptist Fellowship. And I hope that you will uh, 
put that in your calendar and try to get there uh, at least for part of the uh, of the meetings that are there. And we'll probably will provide some transportation and things to, to go back and forth as well. So uh, we'll arrange that as the time comes comes up. And one other thing I want to uh, to say today, it's not really a, a, an announcement. It's more of a thank you. Uh, thank you because many of you know that uh, a, a little over a week ago, I sent a letter out and said, help. <laughs> you know the letter I'm talking about, don't you? Uh, it, it's a letter that, that's, that said that, uh, you know, we usually take up an offering for, on our fifth Sunday for our, um, our building fund, but our general fund had kind of depleted and we were kind of dipping into our reserves and, and we were, uh, it wasn't looking very good. And so I sent that letter out and said, Could, can you help us out just a little bit? And you folks came through. And I really, I really want to say thank you for that. We are... Uh, we are not completely caught up, but we are in a lot better shape today than we were a week ago. And so I'm grateful to all of you for, uh, for your generosity in, um, in, in showing your love to our congregation and to our God in this way. So thank you so much. Uh, glad you're here today, uh, and I hope you're glad you're here. And if you're glad you're here, oh yeah, thank you. I, thank you. I was about to forget one. <laughs> The flowers, any of the potted plants that are here uh, today, they are for sale uh, for $10, $10, right? $10. And if you'll just see Phyllis after the worship service, uh, she'll be glad to sell you one of these potted plants for $10. That's a pretty good deal. Look at those potted plants. That's some good ones. So uh, see Phyllis after the service, and she'll, she'll sell you one of those. All right. You glad you're here? Then stand up and tell people you're glad you're here. Let's, let's greet each other in the name of the Lord.
please be seated. Please join me in the reading of our responsive reading called Assurance. We celebrate good news. God is our strength and our song. When we lock ourselves away in the upper rooms of our lives, Christ's presence comes to us with words of peace. When believing does not come easily and we are more skeptical than faithful, Christ's presence comes to us with words of assurance. When tears cloud our eyes so we cannot see signs of resurrection, Christ's presence comes to us with words of hope. Our assurance is in Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Christ is risen. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, So I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. And see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name.
boys and girls? You want to come up here? Hello. I was going to talk to you about this scripture that Susan just shared with us about Jesus and his friend Thomas. Now, Jesus, he had been crucified, and his apostles had seen him die on the cross. So when Jesus came to them, they were very surprised to see him again. Now, Thomas, one of the disciples, he didn't get to be there. And so when all the other disciples told him that Jesus had came and that Jesus had risen, they did, he did not believe them. He said, I am not going to believe this unless I see it with my own eyes. He had to have proof. <clears throat> Just a minute, I'm a little bit thirsty this morning. Wait a minute. What? I'm thirsty. I'll share my water with you. Water? Yes. John, would you like some water? Yes, please. I'll share with Wait, you. Wait, you said this was water. Yes. This is not water. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You tell it. What does this, is this water? No, that's not water at all. There's no way this is water. Yes, it is. I don't believe you. Have you been working out in the yard this weekend? Did the sun go to your head? <laughs> Maybe a little, but I know this isn't water. This is not water. It looks like water. I don't know if I believe them. I'll have to taste it myself before I believe them. Mmm, they're right. Sweet. Something's been added. Tastes like Kool-Aid. Tastes like... Mmm, thank you. Mmm. Okay, now back to our story. So later, about a week later, Jesus came and he came to his friends again and appeared before them, but Thomas was there this time. And Thomas got to see where Jesus had had the nails driven in his hand and he got to see on his side where the sword had went in his side. So then Thomas believed. Thomas was a little bit like me. To me, this looks like water. And I didn't really believe them when they told me it didn't taste like water. But then after I tasted it and saw how sweet it was, then I believed. So when someone comes up to you and says, well, how can I tell by looking at you that you are a Christian? How do I know that Jesus lives in your heart? Always tell the truth. That is a very good way for them to know. By your actions, by the way that you behave, and how if you share that faith with other people. People can't tell by looking at you if you're a Christian, but if you take the time to share your story with them of how you became a Christian, share your time with them, help them, then they will know that you're a Christian, and by sharing that, hopefully you will help them to become a Christian too. Okay? So I'm going to give this water to Miss Mary so you all can taste it back in children's church, okay? All right, let's have a little prayer together, okay? Lord, we want to pray this morning for all the children and families in this world who may not know of just how sweet it is whenever you enter our lives, Lord, and how um, something extra special is added. 
And we want to share that with the world, Lord. And we want to share that with this, with these children. We want to thank you for the beautiful sun that we've experienced the last few days and the warm weather. And just help us to open our eyes and open our hearts and always be mindful of those around us. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, Children's Church. In chapter 3 of the Old Testament book of Malachi, we read these words. 
bring you all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse, and prove me that I will open to you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing such that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Let us all pray. Now, Heavenly Father, may we be willing to give and receive your blessings which you have offered to each of us and for every person who has heard the gospel from the ministries of Community Baptist Church. Amen. Thank you, Nibby. That's a, um, a very fitting um, song for today in remembrance uh, because that song uh, was played in remembrance of Burl Red, who co-authored that song, who co-wrote that song, and he passed away this past, past week. So uh, thanks for sharing that with us, Nibby. How many of you remember the comedian Bob Hope? See, all I have to do is say his name and you laugh. <laughs> Bob Hope was married to his wife, Dolores, for 69 years. 
the longest Hollywood marriage on record. Bob lived two months past his 100th birthday, and Dolores died at the age of 102. But Dolores was a devout Catholic, and Bob loved to tell the story about the time when she got on an airplane in which two priests were sitting in the seats in front of her and three nuns were sitting behind her. And one of Hope's writers was also, just also happened to be on that plane. And so the writer asked Bob, why can't she just take out regular flight insurance like the rest of us? Now, I doubt that, that Dolores really believed that being surrounded by people of faith would keep that plane up in the air. I, I doubt she really believed that. But I am sure that she did know that being surrounded by other believers could keep her faith up in the air. And she could have learned that from the main character of our story today from the Gospel of John. He was known to his friends as Thomas Didymus, or Thomas the Twin. Many Jews in the first century were known by, by two names. One would be a Hebrew name and the other a Greek name because of the Greek influence that was prevalent in that part of the world. For example, Peter was uh, also known as Cephas. Cephas was Hebrew and Peter was Greek. And so Thomas is Hebrew and Didymus is the Greek word that means twin. So evidently Thomas had a twin brother. And I know that Thomas is much maligned for being a doubter. But Thomas is no villain in our story. In fact, Thomas was very much like you and me. He was a realist. For you see, for him, seeing was believing. And to be honest with you, both both his experience and his common sense told him that people who have been crucified, dead, and buried don't come back to life. That's what his experience told him. People who are dead don't come back to life. And even today, even today, the only, time, only place we experience this kind of thing is, is in a zombie movie. You know? Zombie apocalypse. And yet that is exactly what his friends were telling him about Jesus. They were saying that Jesus, who he knew had been put to death, was alive. And Thomas just wasn't buying it. Now it is true that Thomas had seen Christ work great miracles and he had also heard him teach with great authority. So he had no question that Jesus was, was an extraordinary man. In fact, Thomas had hoped that Jesus was the long-expected Messiah, the one who would come to redeem Israel. But how could the Messiah be put to death like this? How could the one who was supposed to save the Jews be rejected by the very ones he came to save? It made no sense to him. And so Jesus died on the cross. And many of Thomas's hopes and dreams died with him. And now doubt and disillusionment set in. Now Thomas took no pride in being a skeptic. Some people do. For some people, skepticism is a convenient way of avoiding commitment. But that's not true of Thomas. Thomas wanted to believe. 
It's just that the story they were telling him was too incredible to believe. And he was afraid of being made a fool. Let me ask you something. How many of you have ever had somebody let you down? Just about unanimous. I have. We all have. And, and after that happens to us, after somebody has let us down, isn't it hard to trust that person again? It is. It's hard to trust that person again. You've heard the, the old saying, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Well, Thomas had given his whole life to Jesus and what Jesus was teaching. He had been willing to die for Jesus. He had been willing to die for the kingdom that Jesus proclaimed. But now, Jesus was dead. What Messiah? What kingdom? He felt like he had been deceived. And now he dared not allow himself to be suckered in again. And besides, he was not the only one who had doubts about the risen Jesus. The other disciples had trouble believing that Jesus was alive as well. You remember when the, the women returned from the tomb and told them that the tomb was empty and that they had seen some angels who told them that Christ had risen from the dead? You remember what the disciples did, how they reacted? They dismissed it as an idle tale. They did not believe it. And so that first Easter evening, they were cowering behind locked doors. They were living in fear and not in faith. And then suddenly Jesus appeared to them. And it was only then that they began to believe. Now it's a week later. For some reason, Thomas had not been there the week before when Jesus appeared to the others. And he really ought not to be remembered as doubting Thomas. He probably ought to be remembered as absent Thomas. He just wasn't there that day. And it just goes to show you that it's always dangerous to miss church. You never know when Jesus is going to make an appearance. But Thomas had not been there. And so he just could not accept what they were telling him. It was too incredible. Unless I see the marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were, I will not believe, he said. And now here they were, behind locked doors again. Even though they testified that Jesus was alive, they were still living in fear. So you see, Thomas wasn't the only one who was slow to accept this good news. And then once again, Jesus was suddenly in their midst. And he came directly to Thomas and said, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. But Thomas didn't need to reach out. In fact, he was stricken to his very soul when he saw the scars on Jesus' hand. And, and Thomas's response was one of utter sincerity. My Lord, my God. And then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. Folks, those words are meant for you and me. For you see, we are in the same boat 
that Thomas was in before his encounter with the risen Christ. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. We are more than 2,000 years removed from that room with locked doors. And, And so it's natural for us to have that same kind of resistance that Thomas had. It's natural for us to have that same kind of skepticism. How can we believe something so incredible that a man was dead and now he was alive? How can we believe that? Even though we were not there to to see his scars, to hear his words spoken by a man who had once been dead but now was alive. So what can we learn from Thomas about keeping our own faith strong? And keeping and, and how to keep us keep ourselves from cowering in fear behind locked doors and locked minds. Well, the first thing that we can learn is this. Stay in the company of believers. Stay in the company of believers. That is so important for us. Dr. Jana. Jana Childers is a professor of homiletics, of preaching at San Francisco Theological Seminary. And she tells about a time when she was preaching at Allen Temple Baptist Church in Oakland during a traditional African-American Good Friday service. This was an an interesting service. You see, the the men of the church, including some, some younger males, not who were not even quite teenagers, were providing the music for the day, while the seven last words of Christ were being preached by seven women, Dr. Childers being one of them. Well, the men were clearly getting a kick out of this, and Dr. Childers knew that she was going to get a kick out of this too because she knew that, that her sermon, that after her sermon, it would be followed by her favorite baritone, Deacon Sellers singing The Holy City. And she says that it's all that she can do to keep from swooning every time she hears him sing that song. And, and this time she was glad that, uh, that he was singing after her sermon instead of before. Y'all might want to take note of that sometime. You know how hard it is for me to preach after some of the great music we have here. But of course, there weren't seven male soloists of the stature of Dr. of Deacon Sellers who could get off work on a Friday afternoon. And so some of the younger guys, some of the, the guys in training were given their first shot at singing for this service. And she says there was one young man about 11 or 12 years old who sang a song. And his voice wavered through, through the, the first few bars a good two blocks away from the key that the organist was playing in. But the congregation was there with him. All right now, the congregation encouraged. That's right, sing it, child. And gradually she noticed that this young man's voice was getting stronger. And then he finally found the right key, and and that young voice was, was encouraged by the congregation's support. But there was something else. You see, the boy's voice was being shadowed by a steady, stealthy voice. And she looked around, and there in the choir loft, a few yards behind this boy, sat 
Deacon Sellers. His face was kind of looking down, averted. His eyes were averted. He just happened to be there, you know, casual, waiting his turn. And then she looked again, and she saw that Deacon Sellers was singing quietly, steadily, surreptitiously. He was singing that young boy onto the right key. (laughs) And gradually she realized that there were about four or five other men in the choir loft who were also looking very casual and also quietly singing along with that young boy. You see, that young man was not on his own. He was not there by himself, standing in front of that congregation, giving it himself. He was being undergirded by these experienced men of faith. Dr. Childress says, what a great example of what it means to be the church. What a great example of what it means to be the church. If you want to keep your faith strong, if you want to have a support group that will be there for you in your time of need, then this is where you're going to find it. Surround yourself with people of faith. That's one way to ensure that doubt and skepticism doesn't sap you of your confidence in God. Here's a second. Remember that a locked mind is a far bigger obstacle than a locked door. Let that sink in just a second. A locked mind is a bigger obstacle than a locked door. Thomas may have sounded like a skeptic when he stated that he would not believe that Jesus was alive unless he saw with his own eyes and touched with his own hands. But I wonder, why was Thomas there with the other disciples if he no longer wanted anything to do with Christ? He could have stayed home and watched basketball, but he didn't. He was there. And you know why he was there? He was there because he wanted to believe. Couldn't quite get there, but he wanted to believe. And there are a lot of people who would have stayed at home. And there are some people who have locked their minds firmly against that kind, any kind of faith. And sometimes this is the result of some unfortunate experience that, uh, in, in church in the past. Uh, sometimes it's a guard against having to make any kind of commitment. That, and for some people, it's an intellectual decision. People reject Jesus for all kinds of reasons. But, but what we need to know, what we need to see, is that Christ will always honor their decision. He's not going to force anybody. He's not going to force himself on anybody. He will allow us to go our own way if we want, but believe you this. He will always leave a light on in the window so that when we come to ourselves, we can come home. That's what happened with writer Annie Dillard. Annie grew up in Pittsburgh. She was a bright, well-read young, young girl with many questions about God. Including the, including the age-old question about why there is suffering in the world. 
And finally, all of her questions led her away from God. And so one day, at the grand old age of 15, (laughs) she took it upon herself to make an appointment with her pastor, and she came into his office and said, I want my name taken off of the roll. I don't believe in God anymore. And so the pastor said, okay. And Annie said, you're you're not going to try to talk me out of it? And he said, oh, no, no, no. You're too smart for me. There's no way that I can argue you you back in. And she said, I want my name off the roll. He said, it's off. She said, okay. And she turned around, walked out of his office, and on her way down the hall, she heard him mutter to himself, she'll be back. Well, young Annie Dillard wheeled around, went back to his office and said, what did you say? And he said, oh, I I just said that I presumed that you'll probably be back. And she said, look, this is my life. I live my life the way I want to live my life, and I'm not coming back. And the pastor said, that's okay. We'll see. And as Annie wrote in her life story, she said, as I write this, I'm 48 years old, and I'm back. My friends, most people, if they are presented with a healthy expression of the gospel and a a loving environment when they are young, they'll come back. But it's a matter of personal decision. You see, Christ respects our freedom. He may burst through the locked doors of the room where the disciples are hiding, but he's not going to burst into a locked mind or a locked heart. Yet still Christ wants us to know that we are loved. And that's the most important thing that you can take from this today. Christ wants us to know that we are loved. Just because Thomas doubted the gospel did not mean that Jesus stopped loving him. And in the same way, Christ wants you and me to know that even even if we have a hard time believing, He hasn't stopped loving us either. And to me, that's what's so beautiful about Christ's scars. They remind us that Jesus loves us. In her, uh, in her book titled The Fourth Instinct, Ariana Huffington tells an ancient fable about an Indian healer who cured a man of leprosy. She said he he took away all of the disfiguring marks of that disease but left one small scar. Why did he leave leave that scar? The healer answered so that he will always remember. Have you ever wondered why God left the wounds on Christ's risen body? I mean, after all, the New Testament tells us that when God gives us a a new life beyond the grave, we will be given a, a new body that's whole and perfect and will never die again. So why did Christ's new body still have scars? Well, I believe that he wanted to remind Thomas and us just how much God loves us. That he would do that. 
for us. And here's the thing, folks. We may doubt, we may deny, we may even betray God and every good thing that God wants us to embrace, but God never stops loving us. When Thomas saw Jesus' scars, he cried out, My Lord and my God. Those scars told Thomas that he was loved. So you see, my friends, that's the gospel. There it is. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose from the dead and now He welcomes everyone who would come into His Father's kingdom. And so the question today is this. Are you ready to take that step? Don't hold back. Join with Thomas in saying, My Lord and my God. Amen. Let's sing a hymn of commitment. It's number 307, Just As I Am. And this is a time for for you to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, if you've never done that before, to say yes to the Lord. And you may be sitting there saying, well, I'm not so sure about this. It kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Thomas wasn't so sure either. But you know what? Sometimes it just takes taking a step of faith. Just taking that step of faith, saying, yes, Lord, I, I've, got, I've got a lot of questions and I don't have a whole lot of answers, but I think you do. And I think you can help me find the answers. And so I'm just going to take this step of faith and say, I'm placing my, hand, my life in your hands. And I want you to help me as I struggle through my faith. If you've never made a commitment to Christ, you can do that today just by saying yes to Him. Perhaps you're looking for a church home, a place where you can worship and fellowship and serve the Lord. We invite you to unite with our church, to join our church today as we seek to to be a part of God's kingdom and and to live the kingdom life. Maybe you need a time of prayer today. Maybe something's burdening your heart today and, and it would be helpful for you to know that your church is undergirding you like those, those men were undergirding that young man trying to sing a song for the first time. We will pray. If God is dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come as we sing, just as I am. Would you come?
Please be seated for just a moment. Um, as I present to you Linda Wilson, uh, most of you know Linda. Uh, if you don't know Linda, you need to get to know Linda uh, because she's a very, very special lady. Uh, she has been here for a little while and off and on, she's kind of bounced in and out for years. Uh, some of you know that, that, that uh, Linda is... Uh, Cindy Hall's sister, and uh, so you know her through, through her, and she's been attending here for a while, and she wants to come today to tell you that she wants this to be her church home, and, uh, and I hope that you will join me in welcoming her to our fellowship at Community Baptist Church by raising your hand and saying amen. 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 Uh, we are so glad that you're here, Linda, and officially a part of our fellowship and our community of faith here. And we look forward to the ministries that we share together, the ministries that we have for you, the ministries that you have for us, and the ministries that we share for the world around us. I know you'll want to come and speak with Linda after the service and extend the, the right hand of Christian fellowship and welcome her officially into our church. And so we'll invite you to do that after the service. Now let's stand for our benediction. As God sent Jesus to us to be the light of the world, so now the Spirit of Christ sends us out into the world around us. May God unlock the doors of our fears that we might freely stand among the world's people, that we might share the touch of Jesus, and that we might speak His words. Peace be with you. Amen.